Good morning, everyone. this morning comes from the first chapter of Matthew, verses 18 to 21. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sam, for being our church lesson this morning. I appreciate you doing that, and again, for our worship band, who has done such an awesome job for us today. As we prepare for this time together, say, um, or you turning me off, or what? <laughs> First of all, I want to say uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers, and uh, don't forget that when you leave the place, we're going to have something for you here, so uh, or have you at the door, so uh, be sure to get your gift. We have a little gift for everybody we want to give to say happy Father's Day. It's a great day, Father's Day, yay. <clears throat> okay, uh, but let's bow for a moment of prayer as we prepare to hear God's word together. God, as we gather in this place, we we're, we hear familiar stories in Scripture, and oftentimes they kind of get lost. And yet, God, we believe that Scripture has the power to be Your Word to us and give us new insight every time we read it. And we pray that You would make that happen for us today. That You would open our eyes and our hearts to new meaning, to new understanding of Your Word. That that You touch our lives and call us forth as the people You created us to be. We offer our lives to you now, God. I offer the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts in this place. May you be glorified. May all hearts be drawn to you. Come Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as you know, is that God calling? <laughs> as you know, uh, Vacation Bible School is starting off, uh, coming up very quickly for us. And so uh, this week, and we're excited about that. And so it's going to be a fun time. It's always a, it's a highlight of our year when we see this place filled with children and all the activity going from building to building. And it's just a fun time. And as you know, the, the, the theme for this year is Hero Central, which they're going to be learning about what it means to be a hero in God's eyes. And if you were here with us last week, you know that we actually talked about this in the sermon last week because this is not something that just applies to children. We're all called to be superheroes of God going out into the world. Uh, Last week we learned how Jesus promised us the power of his Holy Spirit that can enable us to do far greater things than we could ever imagine, even greater things than he. It gives us the power to make a tremendous difference, extraordinary difference in the lives of other people. He said to his disciples, very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will not do, will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these. We learn how the Apostle Paul said to the church of Ephesus, by the power at work within us, we are able to accomplish abundantly, far more than all we can ask or imagine. So we're all called to be God's superheroes. We're all called to be sent out as God's ambassadors, as Christ's disciples in this world, to save the world, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring release to the captives, to bring the prisoners, set them free by the power of God's Holy 
word in the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're called to be superheroes for God. The question is, how do we, how do we become that? How do, how do we do that? Well, that's what I want to explore today in our time together. Jesus promised that those who believe in him are gifted with this power of the Holy Spirit to serve him and, and to transform the world that we live in. But how do we develop that? How do we become God's superheroes, disciples of Jesus Christ? Well, as I thought about this, I reflected upon what I found true in my own life and in the lives of many others that I have witnessed is that really takes the help of others to make that happen. Uh, we, we need the, uh, the Christian community, the, the church. We, we need one another. We need people in our lives who are, who are loving us unconditionally. We need people who are uh, teaching us, encouraging us, mentoring us, guiding us, coaching us, uh, who are pouring love into us sacrificially. Um, and on this Father's Day, I would say that we need fathers. We need people who are loving us unconditionally and sacrificially as a father should love their child. We need people who are willing to invest in us in ways that help us to become disciples of Christ and those superheroes that God calls us to be. And I'm not talking about people who have super um, human strength. I mean, they have to leap tall buildings and fast enough speeding books, have the x-ray vision. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about ordinary people who are willing to adopt, to choose, to invest, to love, to mentor, to guide. Love us in ways that helps us to understand who we are, what we're called to be in God's eyes. We all need that. Something powerful happens when someone invests in you. Something powerful happens when someone um, comes alongside of you and they, they're there for you, especially in times of need. And this is a vital part of what it means to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is how superheroes are formed and developed. Uh, so... So today is um, the Father's Day, and today we're talking about superheroes. What I really intended on trying to do was to find a way to weave uh, the stories of these modern-day superheroes and uh, their fathers and the role that their fathers played in their lives, helping them to become superheroes. Um, but the problem is when I began to research that, I found that most of these don't have biological fathers, <laughs> you know. So I said, dang, that's not going to work. Um, so, uh, I mean, you know, none of these superheroes seem to have stories where you can say, well, uh, look at how his father helped him to become this great superhero. So uh, where does that leave us? Well, where I, uh, what I discovered in that research was that I, I found that though many of, most of them don't have biological fathers uh, that influenced them and invested in their lives, they did have other people who invested in their lives. You take the story of Batman. I think we're all familiar with this story. Uh, his real name, of course, is, is Bruce Wayne. And at a very young age, remember how his parents were uh, robbed and uh, tragically murdered? So he was left as an orphan uh, in need of somebody to adopt him, to choose to, to take him in and, and love him. And thankfully, his parents' butler, Alfred, you know, he's the one who came alongside and fit that role. And he, uh, Alfred uh, adopted him. He uh, loved him. He uh, loved him as his own. He, um, because of his willingness to choose to adopt him and take him in and to care for him, uh, you have Bruce now seeing a future with hope. It, it's a beautiful story of how Alfred sacrificially loved him and mentored him, and that helped him to become the great uh, superhero that we know as Batman. You see this also happening in Superman, no, Spider-Man's uh, story. In Spider-Man's story, you remember his real name is uh, Peter Parker. 
And he has a very similar upbringing. His parents were not there as a part of his life. And so, uh, thankfully, his uncle, Uncle Ben, stepped into that role. And Uncle Ben adopted him and chose to love him and mentor him and, and guide him along life's way. He invested into his life. He loved him sacrificially. He, he uh, helped him to he model a life before him that taught him how to choose right from wrong and how to be responsible. And so Uncle Ben's willingness to do all this, to, to mentor him and to guide him, enabled him to become the character that we know as Spider-Man. In fact, it was Uncle Ben's words that really framed his whole life uh, going forward. He said to him, with great power comes great responsibility. And you also see this in Superman's story. Uh, Superman was not born as Clark Kent. Uh, he was actually born as Kal-El. That was his name, Kal-El. In the Hebrew, that's translated as the voice of God or as of God. And so we, we have this story of this child who is orphaned and he's sent to earth um, in this Moses-like basket. <laughs> and uh, he ends up in this obscure place called Smallville in all places of Kansas. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, Kansas, right? But it's Smallville in Kansas and, and, and yeah, Superman. And so, but he's, he ends up in a barn surrounded by cows and by donkeys and by hay. And he's all alone in this manger-like scene, which was intentional. And then you have these two people who come to him, uh, Martha and Jonathan, and uh, they see him and they choose to adopt him. They choose to, to uh, love him as if he was their own. And they invest in him. They, they loved him. They taught him how to use his gifts to justice and to, um, to overcome evil, but in a humble way. Um, he became the character that we know as Superman because of their willingness to, to choose to love him sacrificially and come alongside of him and mentor him and guide him. And when you think about what it takes to develop disciples of Jesus Christ who go out into the world as God's superheroes, you're going to find this to be the same story. This is what it takes. It takes people who come alongside of us, who are willing to adopt us, choose us, um, mentor us, guide us, teach us, love us sacrificially, um, teaching us what it means to be a child of God, helping us to see a future that has hope with it because we know that we are loved and we're not alone. We can face the future unafraid. This is something you see happening throughout Scripture as well. Uh, you have the story of Moses. Remember Moses was there. He was uh, left as an orphan. He needed someone to care for him and someone to uh, adopt him and to love him sacrificially, and, and that happened. Uh, we see this in Samuel's story. Uh, Samuel was really born into a very... Um, unique family dynamic. He, he was a miracle child, and so they dedicated him at the church and left him there for the church to raise. And this is where Eli steps in. And Eli chooses to adopt him and to mentor him and to, and to coach him and to help him to hear the voice of God. And so it was Samuel who became this great prophet because of the father-like role Eli brought to him in his life. He loved him as if he was his own. Last week we learned about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul trying to make this thing work this day. We learned about the Apostle Paul, who um, was first known as Saul, the great uh, persecutor of the Christian faith. And um, he became Paul because of a man named Ananias, who was willing to see him as a child of God, a brother in Christ, to love him unconditionally, to help him, come alongside of him, 
pray for him. And this enabled him to become the great apostle that we know as Paul. Timothy, uh, he also received this same kind of blessing when Paul adopted him and chose to mentor him and guide him along life's way. And we see this pattern over and over and over again throughout Scripture. We even see it in Jesus' story. You know, we see Jesus. Uh, he comes to earth. He's adopted. He's surrounded by uh, his parents, Mary and Joseph. And, of course, you, you know how the love that existed between his mother, Mary, and himself, Jesus. But we don't know a lot of details about the relationship that he had with his father, Joseph. And yet, it's clear that Joseph loved him. You see how Joseph protected him. He taught uh, him to be a carpenter. He, um, he no doubt loved him. He, 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 you see how uh, he, he uh, instilled into him all the, the things that he needed to do growing up, took care of him. And much of who Jesus was came out of that relationship that he had with his dad and mom. And when Matthew's gospel tells us about the birth of Jesus, it's interesting to note that it doesn't begin with Mary and Joseph and Jesus. It's with 16 verses of the um, genealogy of Joseph. Now, if you went to the store and you picked up a comic book, one of these superheroes, and it began with 16 verses of their genealogy, you'd put it back on the shelf and say, no, I'm going to find something more interesting than that. <laughs> but this is what Matthew's gospel does. He, he begins with this uh, genealogy of, of Jesus and uh, it's, it's kind of interesting because you have to get this to understand really the rest of the story. This is important, Matthew says, to understanding the rest of the story. Matthew gives us this genealogy of God's covenant love and his promises uh, being passed down from the beginning of time, from generation to generation it's passed down, until finally you get to the, um, the fulfillment of it in the story of Jesus. And he begins by talking, first of all, about Father Abraham. And uh, the covenant that was established by him. You know Father Abraham, don't you? Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham, right? You know that story, right? Well, Matthew gives us this, this story of all the sons of Father Abraham, all the great heroes of the faith. And we read about Jacob and Isaac and, and uh, Jesse and Solomon and uh, David, you know, King David. We read about all these guys. About the, and we see how this covenant and the promises of God is passed down from father to son, from, from uh, uh, generation to generation. Where they learn about God's love until finally we get to the, the 16th verse and we read, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Messiah. And so Joseph is part of this long lineage of faith. He's part of the faith of his fathers. He's part of the generations who, who trusted in God's promises, no matter what they faced. And they invested in their sons, and they mentored them, and they, they guided them, and they chose to love them sacrificially so that they would know the love of God in Jesus Christ eventually. Knowing this helps you to understand the rest of Joseph's story. Because Joseph, you remember, had to make a difficult choice when it came to deciding whether to adopt Jesus. And here he is, he's anticipating his wedding day with the love of his life. And he discovers at the last minute that she's pregnant with a child that's not his. And he's devastated by this. He's crushed. And he's now faced with a no-win situation. He could either choose to dismiss her quietly, even divorce her quietly, and, um, or either he could make it public and she would be put to death probably. 
Either way, it's a no-win situation, and either way, you know, it's over between them, and she's going to be shunned by her family, by her, uh, everybody in town as they find out about this. I mean, it's going to be a, a no-win situation for her either, and yet he's got to make this difficult decision. And in the 19th verse, we learn what he decides. Joseph, being a righteous man, unwilling to expose her to this public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. Well, thankfully, he didn't. Um, he, he slept on that decision overnight, because you remember how in the night an angel comes to him and gives him this message. Actually, in a dream, gives him another option to consider. The angel said, "Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." Now, notice how the angel addresses Joseph. Didn't say Joseph, just Joseph. He said, Joseph, son of David. What's going on here is the angel is reminding Joseph to remember who you are. I mean, things look bleak right now. Uh, It looks really dark and hopeless. But remember who you are. Remember the faith of your fathers. Remember the heroes of your faith. Remember who you are. Don't forget that you are from this man named David who was small and insignificant in everybody's eyes. But look what happened when the odds were against him and uh, it looked like there was no hope. He rose to the occasion. He, he had boldness and he had courage to pursue things, to press on and to slay giants and to overcome unbelievable uh, obstacles in his life. Joseph, son of David, remember who you are. And be not afraid. Take this woman to be your wife and raise this child as you own because this child that I'm giving you is of me. It's of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to do things that you can't even begin to imagine. Now, so Joseph has this other option to consider. And, of course, we know what he decided to do. He decides to adopt this child. He decides to mentor this child and guide this child, investing in him and and pouring his life into this child. Uh, We see how Joseph protected him, gave sacrificial love to him as he had to uproot his family and run off to escape persecution in Egypt. And when he came back, he had to flee again to Nazareth. And yet all the while, you see how Joseph is is teaching him, how he's investing in him, passing on the, the love of God to him, loving him and caring for him, letting him know that God's love is there for you no matter what. I mean, it was, it was Joseph's courage that really set an example for Jesus, I believe, and how you follow God's leading, no matter how bleak it seems, no matter how uncertain the future is, you trust God. You believe in God's covenant love for us. You face the future, even when it seems uncertain, unafraid, trusting in God. And this, he knew that Jesus needed to know that because Jesus is going to face those moments in his own life. Because of how Joseph adopted him, how he protected him, how he loved him, invested in him, mentored him, guided him, he became the Messiah, the Savior that we know today. And just as Joseph adopted Jesus and loved him sacrificially, Jesus adopts us and loves us sacrificially to the point of dying for us on a cross. And He passes down the love of God for us so that we're able to go into the future unafraid and and have hope 
as God's people. Because we know that he's always with us. His love is always with us. His spirit is always with us. So when I think about what it takes to become a disciple of Jesus Christ in the world today, when I think about what it means to be a superhero for God, I think we have to recognize the role that other people play in our lives. We have to recognize the important role that people play in our lives who adopt us, who choose us, who invest in our lives, who guide us, who mentor us along life's way, who are willing to love us sacrificially. The question I ask you is, who are those people for you? Who are the heroes in your life, those uh, father figures who have come alongside of you? Who are those people who have invested in you and guided and mentored you and cared for you, loved you sacrificially so that you might know that you have a future with hope, that you could you know, do great things, all things through Christ who strengthens us? Who are those people in your life? Well, part of what I want to invite you to do today is to, to thank those people as you remember them. Uh, if they're alive, then I would encourage you to find some personal way of doing that. If they're not, then, you know, remember them in prayer to God in thanksgiving. And then consider how you might live your life in a way that would honor them and carry on their legacy that they've given to you. But here's the thing. It's not enough for us to just remember and to give thanks for those who have blessed our lives. In order to be a superhero for God or a disciple of Jesus Christ in the world today, it means carrying on that legacy by investing in the lives of others. So I want you to consider today, who is it that you might could be investing in? Uh, Who who can you adopt, choose to love, choose to uh, come alongside of? Who are those people that you can love unconditionally and sacrificially? Who might you encourage with the knowledge that you can have a future with hope? Because God's there with you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthened us. You can even do greater things you can imagine or even dream of. Who are those people, those possibilities for you? Because that's what a hero looks like in God's eyes. It's when we love others as we have been loved. It is to love them in a way that enables them grooms them, if you will, helps them to to know that they are called to something greater in their life. They can be world changers. They can be superheroes for God. Who might those people be for you? I came across this wonderful story. It's in the comic book world. Are any of you familiar with the uh, adventures of the lunch lady? I didn't even know there was such a superhero. (laughs) But there really is. Her name is Lunch Lady. And um, she serves up lunch during the day in the cafeteria. And at night, uh, she's out fighting villains and overcoming uh, evil with with justice and goodness. And uh, the writer of this uh, whole series is Jarrett Krasoska. And um, it's an amazing story. His his story is uh, one that he he grew up not knowing his father. In fact, at the age of two, he was removed from his home. He was living with his mother because of her addiction to heroin. And so at the age of two, he's, he's an orphan looking for someone to adopt him, to care for him, to choose him. And thankfully, his grandparents are willing to step into that role. And they loved him unconditionally as if he was their own. But Jarrett grew up always feeling unsure about himself, always questioning things. He always felt alone in some way. And he was that kid who went through school you know, as a loner, never having many friends. But he discovered that he had a gift. He could draw really well. 
and he was trying, he would buy every comic book that he could find uh, because he could sketch them and kind of practice mimicking what they were doing in the comic books. And he was getting really good at this. In the third grade, uh, they invited one of these comic book authors that he admired uh, to school, to visit the school. And uh, this author began walking through the class uh, where Jarrett was, and Jarrett was doodling on his notebook. And when the author came to his desk, he stopped. And he spoke two seemingly insignificant words, but words that profoundly impacted Jared's life. The two words he said was, nice cat. That's all he said. <laughs> nice cat. But in that moment, profoundly, you know, Jared felt that he had been blessed in that moment. He felt that he had been chosen. He felt that he had been encouraged to do, empowered to do something that he only dreamed of doing. And so he began from that moment on to fervently draw. Every time he would get a chance, he, he drew everything he could find. And as he sat in the cafeteria during school all by himself, he began to be fixated on the lunchroom lady. And he said he began to imagine this lunchroom lady uh, serving meals by day. But then when she left, she would go out and she would do these superhero things, you know, over fighting uh, crime and injustice and stuff. And, and 20 years later, he's now this huge published artist, uh, I mean, author. He's uh, writing stories about the adventures of lunch, lady. <laughs> it's, it's a great story. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, you ought to buy the book. <laughs> he's got several of them there. Uh, but you, the, the better story, I mean, he's even, what makes his story so great is that he never forgot who he was. He spends every week during the school year visiting schools throughout the country, uh, many of them impoverished schools, spending time with children who were just like him. He goes to these schools to encourage them, to speak words that would inspire them. He um, goes there to try to help them understand they're not alone and that there's a future of hope out there if they would just believe in themselves enough. Listen, what I hope that you hear and understand today is that we have all been gifted with this power of adoption, this power of encouragement, the power to bless and to invest our lives in others. Through the power of God's Holy Spirit, God has given us the ability to make a tremendous, unbelievable difference in people's lives around us. The question for us is, who are those people for you? God has chosen to adopt you. God has chosen to love you unconditionally. God has chosen to invest in you, to care for you, so that you might be able to have a future with hope. But God does that for us. He does it so that we might carry on that, that we would invest our lives in the lives of other people, so that they might come to know the love of God, that they have a future with hope. So who are you investing in? Who are you choosing to make a difference in? Sometimes all it takes is just two simple words to make a difference. This is what I love about Vacation Bible School. For a week, we get to see young people and adults investing a week of their lives and children they don't know, many of them, but we love them sacrificially as if they're our own helping them to come to know the promise of God's love in their life. This is what I love about our children's ministry here, our nursery ministry, our Kids Hope Mentoring Program, our youth ministry. You get to see people of this church investing themselves in others, pouring out their lives in other people 
the young people of this church, helping them to know God's love and to, to know that there's a future of hope for them ahead of their lives. They're choosing to love others as they have been loved. Again, who are the people that you can do that for? You see, when we think about what it takes to become a hero for God, you have to reflect upon and recognize the role of other people in our lives and how we can be a part of that. So as we prepare to leave this place today, I would simply invite you again to remember, to reflect, to think upon those those who have mentored you and cared for you and come alongside of you, give thanks for that. But more than just that, as you remember how they have loved you, you remember how God has loved you, may you hear God's call to leave this place seeking those for whom you can do the same. This is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It means to be a superhero in God's eyes. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks. We give you praise that you have chosen us. That you've adopted us. That you love us sacrificially. Help us, God, to love others in the same way that you have loved us. Give us eyes to see those opportunities where we can invest our lives into others and we can love others unconditionally so that they will know that they're not alone and they can be empowered to to hear promises for them. So God bless us, equip us, empower us to go boldly from this place as your superheroes, as your disciples, transforming the world one life at a time. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.